Well, good morning, Victory Hamilton Mill. How we doing, 11 a.m.? Y'all good? Awesome. Well, I pray that you had a great week in the Lord. Excited for the message this morning. If you have your Bible, I ask you to turn to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. The prophet Joel. And while you're turning there, I want to uh, make you aware of a beautiful opportunity happening right here at Hamilton Mill, specifically with our Victory Kids. Uh, COVID had its own trials and challenges for sure, but one of the many blessings that came out of COVID, as we just did it earlier, praying for children, was kids, lots and lots of kids. Be careful when you're quarantined together. You never know what'll happen. So, uh, so we are so blessed in our children's ministry and all of our next-gen ministries. We truly have leadership that cares for the next generation, but we also have a huge need. Somebody say need. And it's, and it's all over the place. It's in middle school, high school, and in children's ministry, which I want to talk to you about today. COVID hit the church hard. COVID hit the world hard. And a lot of churches didn't even make it back. And I'm not talking about kept their doors closed. They never actually even came back. We, we believe that a lot of people, half of the church is missing across the nation because of what happened in COVID. And it hit our volunteer force, our amazing volunteers and all of our people that serve, of course. And we're rebuilding that, what we call an army around here, an army of volunteers who love on the next generation, love and lead and serve in this church on Sundays and throughout the week. And specifically right now, we've got about 100 people over in our children's ministry, but we're, we're usually around 160 to 170. And sadly, we're growing as a campus, which is great news, but sadly, some of our classrooms have been closed because we just didn't have the manpower. And so I wanna ask you just to, you know, we've been talking about this, we've been praying into it, and I said, you know what? I feel like I need to make this be an awareness uh, announcement to you as a body that if the Lord would lead you to, to pray about this, to consider maybe serving once a month or twice a month in our kids' department to help us in this season as we rebuild the army. And right now, we have a group of wonderful adults who are loving, leading, serving over in the children's ministry. I think we ought to let them hear our applause for all they do, right? Because they're amazing. They're amazing. But we need help. And so I wanna ask you to, to pray about that, to lean into it and see if God would have you do it. And maybe you're even here, you know, like you're, you're like, you know, me in a classroom with kids, not a good idea. That's okay. We even have support roles where you might not be in the class, but can help behind the scenes getting things done on Sundays. I mean, it's a machine over there. And number one, and most importantly, it's not babysitting church. They're loving and leading our kids. They're pointing them to the heart of Jesus. And we're coming alongside you as parents, both here, middle school, high school, to say, let's see this generation run after God with all their heart. And so again, this is not childcare, this is not babysitting, this is true ministry. If the Lord would have you step in this season, whatever you can do, and if you serve, I wanna encourage you on a certain Sunday, once a month, twice a month, I wanna encourage you also serve and soak. Serve in one service, soak in the other. Give and receive, because that's good for us, right? So I say balance. It's all about balance. We need to be people of balance. Our children's team will be in the lobby. Just encourage you as the Lord leads, if you puts on your heart, but we can't have any more closed classrooms anymore. We, we, gotta, we gotta step in, we gotta help, do what we can. Maybe this is your one step. Maybe it's just your pastor begging. I don't know, maybe it's both. But let's go there together, amen? Amen. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna dive into the word. Father, thank you. I can't thank you enough for your children. Thank you for the honor to minister to your children 
to our young people, our middle schoolers. Right now, our middle schoolers are being ministered to. Our high schoolers on Wednesday night. Our young adults on Tuesday nights. Thank you, Lord, for the next generation. And thank you, Lord, for this space right now and this place in this room with these beautiful people. And I'm asking once again, Holy Spirit, help me speak. Help me talk about you this morning and make it clear and give me a fresh anointing to speak to your people. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, last week we started a series called Holy Spirit. Somebody say Holy Spirit. And if you didn't get to, or you weren't here and you haven't seen it yet, I just can't encourage you enough to go and watch that message as I believe and pray that it will speak to your heart and bring clarity on what can be a little bit of a confusing subject. And that is the goal of this series, is we want to clear up the confusion and just the misconceptions about the person of the Holy Spirit. And let me just state it for the record real quick. God did not cause confusion about his spirit, man did. All right, God's word is very clear about his Holy Spirit. From Genesis to Revelation, it's spot on, very clear, backed with his authority. But man, as man does, man can make things murky, can make things messy. And so we wanna just kind of clear the air. Somebody say clear the air. And clear up the confusion and the fog of confusion and the misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. And before we go to the prophet Joel in chapter two, one thing that I didn't say last week that I really need to say, um, it just, I forgot about it. And something that I've heard a lot through the years is that the Holy Spirit is a feeling. The Holy Spirit is a feeling. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. And yes, you know what? You can feel the presence of God. You can feel the Holy Spirit. But let me just state it for the record. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. He is the spirit of the living God. And if you're a believer in the room, he's not only with you, he's in you. And so, but, but there are wonderful times, maybe for many of you in the room earlier, you were just hand raised or not, your heart was lifted to the Lord. You could just feel your thoughts being directed and aligned to the heart of God. And, and you could feel his presence. I have, I have a chair in my house. It is my chair, all right? Anybody got their chair? I got my chair. Don't you dare sit in my chair. That's my chair. And I have my coffee there and I have my iPad and that's my God time. And I'm telling you, the glory of the Lord is on that chair, all right? And, but the thing about it is there are many times that I don't feel him. And there are times, unique as they are, that it feels like Jesus is standing right over my shoulder. But how many people know God has not called us to be a people of feelings. He's called us to be a people of the word and of faith. And if we feel his presence and we get chill bumps, praise God, but that's not who the Holy Spirit is. He's a person. Let me talk to you about chill bumps real quick. Somebody say chill bumps. I've, I've gotten chill bumps through the years. You have too. One, one person, one lady who gives me chill bumps every time I hear her sing is Whitney. Whitney Houston, when she sang the Star Spangled Banner at that Super Bowl, I will go watch that on YouTube from time to time. I encourage you to go watch it tonight, this afternoon. I'm telling you, every time I'm thinking about it right now, I'm getting chill bumps right now. 
Just think about it. And it's amazing as she sings and the gift that God gave her. She sings literally the Stars Bangle Banner. And, and then I remember, uh, I've all, I'm a big uh, Broadway play fan, musical. I remember when I got to see in person Les Miserables. And man, I cried through the whole thing and I had chill bumps and I turned to people. <laughs> you know, I was having a moment. I was having a moment, chill bumps all the way back. And then the most important, don't show the screen yet. The most important, the biggest chill bump ever. I mean, it was like chill bumps back and forth and all over the place. When I turned 32 years old, my wife surprises me, takes me to a, a steak dinner. Come on, steak dinner. And if you're in Texas, you better get a steak. And so we're in Texas at the time living there. And, and literally at the dinner, she passes these tickets across the table after I thought the birthday dinner was over. And she said, hey, we're going downtown to the Dallas Symphony. They're gonna be playing all the Star Wars soundtracks. Happy birthday. You wanna talk about chill bumps. And I felt the force in the room. Why do we get chill bumps and things like this? You're like, you know, because, you know, really honestly, I mean, all talent, all music, it all comes from God. The choice is do we do it for God or not, right? But, but here's the deal. Our body, God made our body that we get moved at times. Music is powerful, Christian or not, it will move you. I mean, I'm a crier, my wife's a crier. I watched a movie yesterday afternoon with my 15 year old son and we were both looking at each other. I'm like, I'm not gonna cry, I'm not gonna. And then we both started crying. I was moved. God made our bodies. We're emotional beings. We are moved. But what I'm trying to encourage you today that the Holy Spirit is so much more than a movement. He's so much more than feels, chills, and thrills. The Holy Spirit is a person and he wants to walk in a friendship with you. Amen? The great author J.I. Packer said this right here on the screen. The Holy Spirit's main ministry is not to give thrills, but to create in us Christ-like character. The Holy Spirit's main ministry doesn't mean he won't thrill you at times, because I've said it for years, what, if you follow the Holy Spirit, he's gonna take you on adventure after adventure. So he will give you thrills in life, but the main thing is to create in us to become more like Christ, amen? But let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Exactly. That was so, did that get recorded? Please somebody tell me. That was perfect, babe. That was perfect. Where are you at, baby? That was so awesome. There you are. That's right. Let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Okay. I was gonna go for two for two, but it, he's like, I'm done. What I mean by that is I used to think that prophecy was fake until I got a prophetic word. A lady came up to me after church many, many years ago and she came so humbly and so sweet. And she said, hey, I don't know you. You don't know me. Right there, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, just back up just a little bit. And, uh, and she's like, I just keep getting this thought, I just wanna just submit to you. She did it so sweet, so kind. And that woman, through the Spirit of God, spoke a prophetic word over me that nobody knew at all. I was single at times, indecisive about my future, and I mean, she read my mail. And it wasn't she at all, it was the Spirit of God giving her a prophetic word over a stranger. I used to say that stuff was fake until I experienced it. 
I used to think that everybody that fell out under the power of the Spirit, that they were just, they were faking it, they were manipulated. And it doesn't help when you see people when they're getting prayed for and they're like, thank you, Jesus. And then then they do this. And then they fall. Oh, make sure they're a catcher. Somebody better be back. Look at me. That never helped, right? I didn't believe it. I thought people were manipulating. And sometimes it is manipulation until it happened to me. And literally the power of God knocked me on my feet so quick. And I remember even thinking I could feel the presence of God in that room, hundreds of people worshiping God. No, no one touched me. No one pushed me. The power of God, literally, I crumpled, like just crumpled in a fetal position. And I used to believe, because this is tied to what happened while I was on the ground, I used to believe there was no such things as miracles until while I was on the ground in that moment, because I had some teeth issues, God healed my teeth. And some people even said they saw me, they came to me later like, hey, what were you doing down there? I'm like, I don't know. I I didn't plan that, you know? I was worse, but next thing I was on the ground. And it felt like a few minutes, it might've been longer, I don't know. But people said they saw me moving my mouth. And when I woke up, I just remember my mouth was on fire. My teeth were on fire. Went back to the dentist a month later or so, took an x-ray, totally healed. And the dentist is like, "Um, you've been using some kind of new mouthwash or? uh, Yeah, Holy Spirit mouthwash. I'm telling you that about the baby in the bathwater, that there are things that we've experienced that we know that are man-manipulated, man-made up, and man-confusion, but that doesn't mean that we don't serve a supernatural God and that our God can do anything. Our God is still the God of miracles. Our God still moves today. The gifts are still operating today. So let's not discount God, though man messes things up at times. Amen? Title of my message, if you're taking notes today, is God inside us. As a big deal as I spoke last week about God, the Holy Spirit, walking with us, something even better, somebody say better, is the Holy Spirit inside us. God inside us. Listen, I said this last week, but it needs to be said. When you read the Bible... And again, I can't encourage you enough to be students of the word yourself. When you read the Bible, go and look at the word of God and you will see the Holy Spirit from Genesis to Revelation. In Genesis, the spirit of God hovering above the earth as the waters, right there above the waters, as God, the Father is creating everything, the master architect. And then at the end, as I said, again, just a real quick recap, the spirit and the bride, they say what? They say, come in the book of Revelation. But here's the deal, something happened historically and incredibly on the day of Pentecost, and it's not what you think. I'll talk about that next week. Something incredible happened on the day of Pentecost, and I wanna give you context before I tell you what it is. All throughout the Old Testament, you will see the Holy Spirit come and go on certain individuals. Read the stories, there were certain individuals, judges that God raised up, kings that God raised up, even the King Saul who started right but then ended horribly, 
Even King Saul, the spirit of God came upon him one time and he began prophesying all over the place. But you would see the Holy Spirit come and go. Somebody say, come and go, come and go. And it was always on certain individuals. It was never everyone. It was certain specific individuals that God would raise up to lead, teach, preach, whatever it was that the prompting of the Holy Spirit would come upon people and then go. But then what happened at Pentecost changed everything. And here's the deal. In the Old Testament, along with the Holy Spirit coming and going on certain individuals, there was also a place of worship. You would have to go to a place to worship God. In the early days, it was the tabernacle, which had the Ark of the Covenant. Come on, Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right. I just showed that to my kids. They were like this at the end of the day. And I was like, don't look, it's the angel of death. But anyway, just had a moment there with you. But we, we want, that's the tabernacle had the ark of God. It was the holy place, all right? And then later Solomon built the temple, built out of man, a beautiful masterpiece. And the Holy Spirit, literally the presence of God came into that inner room, the holy of holies it is called. And he filled that place like a cloud, a physical cloud filled that place. So if you had to go worship, you went to a place. If you had to hear from God, you went to a person. But when the Holy Spirit showed up in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit now is not for certain individuals. The Holy Spirit is for everyone. That is the most incredible thing that took place. People want to focus on the tongues of fire, and rightfully so, and everybody speaking tongues in different language. We'll talk about that next week. But today, what I want to highlight to you is when the Holy Spirit came, he came and his spirit was poured out on everyone. Somebody say everyone. This was remarkable. This was mind-blowing, and no one had ever experienced before. And I will tell you, the scriptures even tell us, Chris Frith translation, that the prophets were in, even envious of this day. They were literally, they wanted to experience, people wanted to experience what happened in Pentecost. And by the way, it's still happening today, all through the centuries, up to Sunday, February 20th, 2022. How's that? It's hard to say. 2022. The Holy Spirit is still moving and being poured out on everyone. Look at it right here, the book of Joel. Are you there? Joel chapter two. Skip down to verse 28. If you don't have your Bible right here on the screen, Joel prophesied this from the Lord um, hundreds of years before the Holy Spirit showed up in the upper room with the 120. He said this, this is God speaking, and he's saying a whole bunch. I'm just giving you this part right here. Then the Lord says, after doing all those things, so let's look at it together right here. I will pour out my spirit upon, say it with me, all. One more time, say it. All. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That didn't happen. It was only the prophet or the prophetess. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, he's speaking of the future. He's speaking of the book of Acts all the way relevant to today. He says, I will pour out my spirit. Look at this language, even on servants, men and women alike. Why did he highlight servants? Because back in Bible days, servants were the peons. They were the less than. They were the lower. 
It was, it was the, the people and then the servants or the slaves, in other words. And he's saying, hey, I have no favorites anymore. It's not just certain individuals that are going to get my spirit. I'm going to pour out my spirit on everyone, men and women. Come on. God can use men and God can use women on servants and on everyone that wants me. The Holy Spirit is for everyone not just certain individuals, and that all changed on Acts 2. What, is, what does that mean? Well, when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, again, I know many of us know this, but I just want to get us all on the same page. When you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, think about this. You become in that moment a new creation in Christ. You say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again. I surrender my life to you. I no longer live. You live in me and through me. And in that moment, when you pray that prayer, however young or old you were in that moment, the Bible tells us the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell in your life. And you at that moment and I, we become a living, breathing, organic temple. Not made of mud and mortar and bricks, but made of flesh. This is a fleshly vehicle, a vessel that God can use. And his spirit, if you're a follower of Christ today, is not only with you, he's in you. Man, think about that. The Holy Spirit is in you. What does that mean? It means you no longer have to go to Jerusalem to worship God. You no longer have to worship or wait for Sunday to come around. The only time you can worship is on Sunday. No, not at all. You can talk to God anytime, any place, anywhere. You no longer have to hear from one certain individual and they're the only ones that hear from God. No, you can hear from God because as a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Amen? Amen. That's an excellent water break. <laughs> Scripture backing on this. I, there, I could give you a bunch. This is my favorite one. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize Paul is saying this? Don't you realize that your body, somebody say my body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. Why? Because you were bought with a price. You were bought with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Anybody glad that Jesus redeemed us and bought us by his blood? Amen. Speaking of Jesus, he said some pretty radical things back in the day while he was on earth. And I could give you a, a list of them. And there is, there's a mile long list. But one thing for me that was mind-blowing years ago as I started studying the person and the power of the Holy Spirit is that statement where he said, I got to go so he can come. And it still, it still, it almost bothers me in a way. I'm like, not, not my Jesus. My, my Jesus, the Savior of the world, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. Why can't he just stay and the Holy Spirit come too and they'll just do double duty across the earth? But Jesus said this, look right here in the scripture. He said, but in fact, this is him talking to his boys before his death. He says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit won't come. So he's saying, I have to go so that he can come. 
If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Now, I looked up different translations. This, this verse alone really grabbed me. And Jesus is saying this. He said, it's best for you that I go away. Can we throw that scripture back on the screen just for a second? I'm sorry. Thank you for that. He says, it's best for you that I go away. Somebody say best. Different translations say this. He says, it's better for you that I go away. It's to your advantage that I go away. It's to your benefit that I go away. It's best for you that I go away. Now, I have to ask myself, I'm a journaler and I write a lot of questions in my journals and, and I get half answers and half are questions still standing there, you know, but um, this question just kind of kept coming up in my spirit this week as I was studying this, is why was it better that Jesus go away? Think about this. Why was it better that Jesus go away? And I want you to think about this because when I first thought, I was like, okay, that sounds I don't know, my mind can't compute this. What am I trying to say? It's this, when Jesus was on the earth, he was fully God and he was fully man. And while Jesus could walk on water and walk between walls and do all kind of incredible miracles and, and just incredible things that are mind blowing, while Jesus was on the earth, he could only be in one place at one time. But when Jesus went back to heaven, and the reason he was telling his disciples, his boys that had been with him for three and a half years, they had done life together. They were tighter than tight. And that's why they were weeping and grieving. What do you mean you're gonna leave? He said this to him in one of the gospels. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. And he told them, one of the gospels, I can't remember which one it is, it says you're gonna be scattered all over the place. And you know this, if you look at Acts, the church was scattered. Everybody went everywhere and where they went, God moved. And can I tell you what? Jesus wasn't with them physically everywhere. The Holy Spirit went with them everywhere because the Holy Spirit was in them. And so Jesus who walked on water and could walk through walls and do feed you know, 5,000 people with, with just a limited amount of bread and fish in, in the capacity of what we're talking about, he had to go so that the Holy Spirit could come and be poured out on everyone and go everywhere. And this is what blows my mind. This morning, I had a wrestle match with my alarm clock. Anybody ever wrestle with their alarm clock? All right. I hit that snooze button twice this morning. That never happens on a Sunday. I mean, I was tired. And I just said, one more, just 10 more minutes, Lord, and make the 10 minutes be like an hour spiritually, Jesus. <laughs> and I don't know if I slept or not. I don't know what happened in that 10 minutes, but finally I got up and just kind of, you know, went to the bathroom and I was thinking, getting ready, getting dressed, got in the shower and all that. And it just hit me that here we are right now, or I was thinking about this morning in the shower, brushing my teeth, not in the shower, but I was in the sink brushing my teeth. But uh, well, it doesn't matter where you brush your teeth, brush them wherever you want. But the fact of the matter, I was brushing my teeth. And the Holy Spirit just kind of said to me, right now, people are getting out of church around the world. And I was with them, and I'm about to be with you at Victory Hamilton Mill. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's in this room right now. His presence, the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit is in this room. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he's in you. And I don't care how young you are. My wife was five when she asked Jesus to be her Lord and Savior, and she knew it, and she meant it, and when it was real, and in that moment, the Holy Spirit came into her life. 
I was 12. No matter how old you are, how young you are, when you know that you know what you're doing in that moment and you ask him to come into your life and become your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to take residence in your heart, in your life. Amen? So we've got to know. This is what we've got to know. Because somebody today needs to hear this. People online today need to hear this. Because the Holy Spirit goes with us, because the Holy Spirit is in us, that means that we are never, ever alone. I want to tell someone today that is hurting and you are fighting through some things that you've not told anybody about. God knows and God sees, and I will just add God hears. He hears the cries. He sees what's going on in your life. The Bible says he even sees the tears. He bottles them up. That's the kind of father we have. And I want to tell you, and you have said, I'm so alone. And the enemy would love for you to begin to focus on that and make yourself feel alone. And you're alone and you're alone and you're just lonely and you're depressed. And I'm telling the Holy Spirit is waving a white flag saying, you're not alone, girl. You're not alone, son. I'm with you. I'm in you. We can do this. No matter how dark it gets, I'm with you and I'm in you. We've got to recognize and understand. As Christ followers, you are never alone. Never alone. Now, I validate how you feel in what the season that you're going through, but don't let the feelings, don't let the enemy come in and pervert the feelings that are very real and magnify the feelings bigger than God. Oh, magnify the Lord, the psalmist said. Make him bigger. I make you bigger than anything else going on in my life. Those stuff that is pulling at me is very real and painful. And God has you, he sees you, and he is with you. Amen? Amen. Give you a scripture just to give you a little backing. The, The psalmist said this in Psalm, talking about the Holy Spirit and him always being with him. He said this, look right on the screen. Psalms 139, 7 through 10. He says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, we were just singing about this earlier, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. VHM, 11 a.m., I just wanna tell you today, no matter what difficult season you are walking through, you are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you, and he's, he's in you, and he is whispering to you, I've got you. I've got you. I'm with you. I want to quickly, if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to take notes on your phone or piece of paper or whatever, I want to give you three things. I could give you 10, but just because of time, I want to give you three things that the Holy Spirit does in us. Three things the Holy Spirit does in this. This is numero uno, most important. Number one, he seals me. He seals me. When we ask Jesus to become our Lord and Savior, in that moment, the Spirit of God comes into us, as I was speaking about earlier, and we are bought with a price. The price Jesus paid for our life. We are redeemed at that moment, and we are marked. We are His. We no longer belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus. He bought me with His blood. He paid for me with his blood. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes in and 
seals my heart with him. Look right here on the screen. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22, it says this. Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us. Look at those words. Set his seal of ownership on us. And he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Let me, let me tell real quick, real quick about what is to come. Can I tell you, there is a day that the Lord is coming back. Personally, I believe it's sooner than later. Personally, I believe that we are in the last days, however short or long that is. How will God know when that trumpet is blast? How will God know who are his and who are not his? It is by the seal of the Holy Spirit in your life. When you ask Jesus, the Holy Spirit came in to dwell in you and you have been sealed. Another word there, you have been marked. Somebody say marked. Like a highlighter. That person is mine. That lady is mine. She's my daughter. He's my son. They've been marked. They've given their life to me and I've sealed them with ownership with my blood and with my spirit. And we need to be reminded of that, amen? We need to be reminded in these dark days who we are and whose we are. And that sealing of the Holy Spirit is not just a work. He's in there as a person speaking to us. I've said this for years. He's like a coach on one side and a cheerleader on the other. And he's just coaching me and he's cheering for me. And he does that in us. And he instructs us and he leads us and he guides us. I'm gonna look at some scriptures in that before we close out. But we've been sealed. Somebody say sealed. We belong to God. What does that mean? It means that it's no need for you to get saved every single Sunday. Because the enemy will come through tough times in your life, through maybe where you drifted a little bit, all right? We all drift at times. You know the easiest way to drift in your life away from God is when you get away from the Word of God. Stay in the word, live in the word. If you're struggling today in the word, ask God to give you a love for his word. And even when you don't feel like anything's happening, know that the word of God is moving and operating in your life. But all of us drift at times. I've drifted through emotional seasons in my life. I, I just kind of drifted a little bit and the Holy Spirit is there to help us get back on the right path so we can keep going forward with God. If you get caught up in a sin through whatever reasons, don't, don't just play the game with the sin, call it what it is, repent of it, confess it, take responsibility of it, but also know this, that God loves us in our sin and he loves us when we're clean, he loves us when we're dirty, he loves us when we're weak, he loves us when we're strong. We are God's kids and we've been sealed by him. He loves us. He loves us when things are not so good in our soul and he loves us when we feel like we're on the mountaintop of life. We are his, and somebody here today needs to be reminded of who you really are and whose you are. And you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We're God's kids. We're, we're his children. Look right here on the screen, Romans 8, 15 and 16, it says this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. By the way, pause for a second. There is a spirit that'll make you try to feel fear, fearful. God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. Rebecca was singing and talking about that earlier on this platform. 
So there is a spirit that comes from hell to get to lie to you, to get you to cripple you with fear. That doesn't come from the Father. He says this, instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Papa, Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm, somebody say affirm, that we are God's children. How many people know whether your love language is words of affirmation or not, all of us at times need to be affirmed by the Holy Spirit? For some of us, it is your love language. You need, you need it. It, it. It helps your heart when people say words of affirmation to you. And that does not make you weak at all. That's just the way that God made you. That's what you receive. There's other things that you give out. But everyone in this room, whether that's your love language or not, we all need to be affirmed at times. You're struggling, the Holy Spirit is there saying, son, it's gonna be okay. You're fighting through something in your marriage, God is saying, it's gonna be okay, I got y'all. Whatever it is, we need to lean in and listen to the affirmation of the Holy Spirit because we've been sealed, blood-bought, and redeemed by the King. I am so thankful. I know I speak for everybody in this room that's a Christian. I am so thankful I'm not the old me anymore. Amen? We're new creations in Christ, sealed by the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Number one, he seals me. Number two, and this is huge right here, he comforts me. He comforts me. The Holy Spirit comforts me. How do people know, um, you know, and you'll hear me and Lisa talk about this from time to time. We are so pro-counseling. And, um, and I believe you should, you should try your best to get a Christian counselor. Um, but how many people know that the Holy Spirit is the greatest counselor of all? Now, listen, more than anybody else, I love the counsel I get from my wife and my new pastors in my life being here at Victory Hamilton Mill for the last year and a half counsels from great men and women of God. I've got friends, a couple brothers, just their, their spiritual paws in my life that I call for counsel and even words of encouragement and comfort. And, and you know what? All those, from my wife to all those special people in my life, thank God for that. But can I tell you, a human cannot heal the soul of another human. As much as I love to hear from my best friend, my wife, and she knows, she knows me, She's known me for a long time and she knows, she can tell right now just by my body language and what's coming out of me and what's coming through me, she can tell where I'm at and thank God I got a praying wife. Come on, husbands. A praying wife is an incredible wife. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But the fact of the matter is, somebody's like, oh, come on, wife, start praying for her right now. You know, but, but, but here's the deal. Lisa can't heal my soul. A counselor can't heal my soul. A counselor can point me to the healer, but the healer is who I need. He's a great counselor and he's a great comforter. Look right here, John 14, 26 and 27. You still with me, 11 a.m.? All right, he says this, this is Jesus speaking again. But when the Father sends the advocate, that word there, comforter, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you. Come on, we all need some reminding here and there. Remind you of everything I have told you. Now look at this. Listen to what Jesus says. Listen to the language here. I am leaving you with a gift. Somebody say gift. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you, the world cannot give. And then he says this. So don't be troubled or afraid. Don't stress out. 
Don't freak out. Don't get caught up in fear. Don't be afraid. Be at peace. You know, I was talking about COVID earlier and it hitting the church and hitting the nation and the world. I never would have believed two years ago that literally it felt like the world stopped. It's crazy. We're in crazy times. But the craziness that is around us can never be greater than what's in us. The chaos and the evil and the darkness of the day that we live in, this time in history, in church, I'm an optimist. I'm the eternal optimist. It gets me in trouble at times. But I wanna tell you that the days that we're living in, they're going to get darker. Evil is going to continue to arise. The pressure that is out there, is somebody encouraged right now? Are you just encouraged? Somebody's like, please encourage me. Can I tell you, the stuff that's going on around us, it's real. And we're not, you know, we look at the world. Are we going to war? Is it going to happen? We're looking at COVID. Is it over? Is it not over? We're looking at violence. We're looking at this and that. All the things that we're not even talking about our own personal problems that we're fighting through. No wonder anxiety is at an all-time high. And then we have the Holy Spirit who is there to comfort us like no man can. Better than medicine, and I'm not against medicine, but he can bring in comfort to your soul and a stillness. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I can feel my, literally when I'm, and I'm just with everything going on in the world, I can feel sometimes it's just like this inside. And the Holy Spirit can bring a stillness and a peace to our soul. Sometimes my thoughts go, and I'll be like, Holy Spirit, just help me. And my thoughts become to slow down. What does he say about your thoughts? Fix your thoughts on heavenly things. Holy Spirit starts reminding me, I'm with you. I've got you. But, but, but God, our nation, but, but is, is COVID, uh, why even have, what was COVID? And all these questions that we don't have answers to and all these situations and Lord, my marriage, my kids, what? I don't understand my job, all these things. And the Holy Spirit is whispering to us, I got you. Peace be still. I have you. I wrote this down earlier. The whisper of the Holy Spirit says, peace, my child. Don't be afraid. I have you. I'm with you. I'm in you. Trust me. Be at peace, the Lord says. And we can be surrounded by a storms of life, the external forces all around us. And guess what? As a follower of Christ and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can be at peace in our heart. I ain't talking about some kind of Zen thing, hello. I'm talking about the peace of the living God in us. The peace of God that passes all understanding. I'm not talking about some manufactured whatever. Um, no, I'm talking about God, his spirit in us that brings us peace. Right here on the screen. Who is inside us? Who's inside us is greater than what's all around us. I want to say that again to get that in someone's spirit today in your heart. You're battling through very real stuff. And I tell you, God's going to see you through to the other side. But you need to remember and remind yourself of this. And I put it in all caps. Who's inside us is greater. Somebody say greater than what's all around us. And we're not in denial, it's not real, it's not real. No, the problems are real. Stuff going on in our world, our nation, it's real. 
But the reality of the bigness of the chaos and the evil that we see before us is not bigger than our God. And guess where he lives? Right here in us, in us. That's why it says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is Jesus, greater is his spirit in us than he that's in the world. Final one, number three, final thought. He leads me. He leads me. I am a huge leadership guru. I don't think I'm anybody because I'm not, but I read leadership books a lot. I'm a, I'm a huge Maxwell fan. I can't catch up though. He keeps writing all these books. I'm like, would you slow down? But I want to just tell you that the greatest, and I've got great leaders in my life as I imagine you do too, but the greatest leader in your life is the Holy Spirit. And he will never steer you wrong. He will always lead you to truth. He will always have his very best, his very best for you. His ways are higher. His plans are better. Come on, somebody. He's a great leader. Look right here, favorite verse, Psalms 32, eight. The Lord says, look at the wording here. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Mm. I will advise. People pay for advisors. There's nothing wrong with that. But the great advisor, the great counselor, the great leader is in you, the Holy Spirit. He can give you and he will give you as you lean into him, great advice, perfect advice actually. And then I love this last part of the sentence. I will advise you and look at this and watch over you. Come on, God's got our back. The Holy Spirit's not only with you, all around you, he's inside you and he will guide you like an incredible master GPS as we submit ourselves to him. And he will lead us through these dark days. He will lead you through your present problem, battle that you're fighting. He will lead you. It's time for us to get him out of the trunk of our proverbial car and let him take the steering wheel. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm the oldest of four brothers. I miss my brothers. I love being with them. I'm tight with them. I miss physically not being in the same proximity. And when I think about that, that he is closer than a brother. He's closer than blood. He's in me. And it's time that we acknowledge not only his existence, but his leadership. That he's a person. Because if you don't think he's a person today, you'll never develop a friendship with him. He'll always be that third insignificant party over in the corner somewhere. But the Holy Spirit's a person. He's the third person, the Godhead. He's not number three low on the totem pole. He's God. And he's in me and he's in you as a follower of Christ. He's a great leader. There's so much confusion in the world. People saying it's their truth, this truth, that truth. Can I tell you what? The Holy Spirit will go through all that and point you to the truth, and his name is Jesus. He'll guide you into all truth. John 4, 16, excuse me, John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. And he will tell you, check this out, he'll tell you about the future. Church, as we close, with everything going on in our world, 
I can't think of a better time for Christians today to lean into the person of the Holy Spirit. Tomorrow, or excuse me, next Sunday, I'm gonna talk about the power of the Spirit. But these two messages have been so important to me. I told Lisa, I said, I don't know why I get so passionate about the Holy Spirit. Because every time, everywhere I've been speaking about the Holy Spirit, I get so excited. And Lisa said, it's because you want clarity for people. And it's because of the confusion and the fear I had about the Holy Spirit in my early years. The Holy Spirit's a person and he wants to commune with us and he wants to have a friendship with us. He wants to walk with us and talk with us. He knows everything about us, but he wants to be known. He is the Spirit of God and he's here to help us and he's here to guide us. And come on, somebody, somebody here, and it might be a whole bunch of somebody's in the size of this room. There's some people in this room, you look good today, but you're hurting inside for all kinds of things that I had know nothing of, but God the Father knows right where you're at. There's some men in this room, you're a very macho, strong man, but you are drowning deep inside. You are falling apart, you are crumbling. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is here to help you. And he will, with, with his help and with his beautiful surgery, he will rebuild you into an incredible man of God. There is nothing too far that God cannot pull you out of. There's nothing too deep and too dark that God cannot rescue you from. We gotta lean into the Holy Spirit like we never have before. The days are gonna get darker, but the Holy Spirit is a light that will pierce the darkness. And we gotta be people that lean into His Spirit. Come on, let's stand together. The worship team is going to lead us in a familiar chorus in our last few minutes here. And here's what I wanna ask. In this size of a room, it may be a little difficult, or excuse me, this size of a group, but I just wanna encourage you not to let this moment, these last few minutes just skip by and then you leave this place and you go your merry way. This I've always thought is the most holy of moments because it's a place of decision. You have worshiped earlier. We fellowship before service, we'll fellowship afterward. We've heard the word of God spoken. And now it's like, what do I do with this? because I thank the Lord that this word is not gonna fall on just the ground. It's gonna fall on good ground, good hearts. And we're gonna say, God, I wanna apply this to my life. I want to know the person who is the Holy Spirit, amen? So here's what I wanna encourage you to do as our team so beautifully leads us in this moment. I wanna encourage you to do, to posture yourself physically to do whatever you need to do. Because some of you in this place, you've been carrying stuff that you were never meant to carry. You've been, you're hurting over things that God says, cast that care to me. The Holy Spirit, again, waving a white flag saying, I'm here, I'm here. Why are you trying to do this life on your own? Why are you trying to do this marriage on your own? Why are you trying to raise your kids on your own? Whatever the situation is, he's here. And I wanna encourage you in this moment, these brief minutes as we dive into his presence, posture your heart. Some of you might need just to turn around in your chair and just kneel before the Lord and, and just get your heart in right alignment again with who he is and who you are. Some of you, the altars are open. There's nothing magical about this space up here, but sometimes you need to make a move. You need to step out of wherever you're at and step into the heart of God. Step out of the stuff and make a new. Some of you might just right where you're at just need to bow. Bow your knee. 
because you've been running your life your way and you love God, but it's just so easy to do to begin to run your life. And the Holy Spirit's just over there waiting. So wherever you're at, as we go there now in this moment, I wanna encourage you, don't let this moment pass. Don't let the words of this song pass. Lean into God. Get your heart in right alignment with Him. Come on, let's worship God together.
right now. God, we didn't know. Thank you, Lord, for your friendship. I didn't know I could have a friend like you. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's just lift our hands to the Lord and just tell him. I didn't know that I could have a friend like you. We're not alone. We're not alone. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I didn't know I could have a friend like you. Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. I didn't know I could have a friend like you. Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I didn't know I could have a friend like you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I didn't know I could have a friend like you. I didn't know I could have a friend like Father, we thank you for your beautiful friendship that we have in your Holy Spirit. And I'm praying for my friends in this room today and those who are online. God, those who are struggling with all kinds of things, we thank you that we are not alone, that you have given us your Holy Spirit, who not only reminds us who we are and whose we are, but comforts us, counsels us, advises us, watches over us, and you lead us. And we resubmit and realign our hearts to you, Father. And we thank you that there is no problem that you cannot solve. There is no question that you cannot answer. And the questions that don't answer, that don't have answers, God, we want to verbalize to you. We trust you no matter what. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our families, our children, with our future. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for this time. What a friend we have in Jesus. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. And come on, can we thank our King? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, I'm gonna ask for our prayer team to come forward this time. Thank you again so much for being with us. I do feel the wrestle, the wrestling in people's hearts. And I wanna encourage you. Our prayer team is here today to stand with you. Maybe on something that was said and spoken stuck to your heart. I wanna encourage you, let these beautiful people pray with you and stand with you in agreement. And remember this, wherever you are in life, take one step. And as you go out these doors today, shine and share the love of Jesus wherever you go. Victory Hamilton Mill, we love you. Have a Jesus week. God bless you.